It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan of 970, 97.1. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joy Medora and Andrew Allison joining the program for the first time. Welcome to Andrew as we're coming to you live, presented by JK Contracting and McFadden Insurance on the 17th day of February 2020. I just came back all the way from the Athens Community Center with the uh, program that, that was going on over there. All the way. All, all the way. Listen, I, I drove the Jambulance. That was a pretty fun <laughs> experience. Yeah, you know, taking the Jambulance. We cranked up the music right outside, but a great uh, healthy hoops you know, event uh, that, that took place uh, from about 7.30 this morning until 6 o'clock. But that was a, a tremendous event. We talked to a lot of great people out there. Hopefully you were listening over on Power 105. I jumped in about like three times an hour. Uh, but 49 degrees, partly sunny. Clouds are starting to come over in the local area right now. So anticipating rain maybe tomorrow but you know rain doesn't care that basketball is inside it doesn't matter because it'll be postseason basketball coming up with alexander and rock hill athens and marietta we will have the athens and marietta game right here on wath and then over on 105 it will be uh, the ohio bobcats game playing uh, we were not able to go and get the alexander game uh, but uh, we'll have coverage of Alexander throughout the week should they beat Rock Hill, and we're anticipating Alexander over Rock Hill, um, but that will be over on 105. And then, as always, Athens here on 970 WATH. We'll have the Bulldogs back on air. I think it's an 8 o'clock tip-off, so 7.30 pregame uh, for Athens and Marietta. And, Joey, I know you've watched this team all season long. Uh, for the Bulldogs, it's going to take a lot to beat Marietta. Marietta's record does not indicate you know, how good of a basketball team they are because Marietta also beat uh, Athens by 2.7068 last time out but you know that was a that was a while back it was a two-point game it was a last second shot uh, Athens still in this game yeah you know I think a key story of that game for for Athens in that one they got off to a really slow start and uh you know, just Marietta early on in the game, just uh, with playing a little bit faster than Athens, you know, getting up and down the floor very easily. It, it kind of showed that Marietta, it looked like they had the better athletes on the court at the time. But, I mean, that by no means means Athens cannot win this game against Marietta. As you mentioned, Connor, came right down to the wire. 70-68 was the final score in that ball game, And, you know, Marietta's lost to some teams that Athens has beaten and vice versa. So, you know, I, I just think it's going to be a really – exciting contest i think uh whiting and markins are going to continue to you know show their dominance that they have shown i mean i don't know i don't know if we have a better you know backcourt combo in the tvc this year besides those guys i mean just down the stretch you know without butcher they they both had to pick up a lot of uh, a lot of the offense just between those two and you've all seen uh trainers step up a lot late in this season so it should be interesting to see uh I think Athens is going to have to try to control the tempo of this game. I don't think they want to try to get to a track meet with this Marietta team. I think that favors Marietta. I think Athens wants to try to slow the offense down, get some good looks in their half-court set, and, you know, just uh, try to go blow for blow with them. Were you out there at that Marietta game the first time around? Yeah, I was there. I was there. And, uh, you know, it, it was just it was, a, it was probably one of the best games I covered this year. I mean, obviously Athens didn't come out on top, but uh, just a – crazy back-and-forth game. Athens looked like they had it late, but Marietta came surging back, and then, of course, Athens had a shot at the free-throw line late in the game. 
up by up by one. They missed the front end of the one and one, and then Marietta rushed up the court and kicked it out into the corner, and the kid knocked down the three. And it was just uh, it was a tough loss at that at that part of the season. But I think Athens is gonna you know be looking looking for blood tomorrow, and they're gonna be trying to get revenge on this Marietta team that they feel they should have beat the first time around. And for you know listeners out there, we have a new guy joining the program, Andrew Allison. Andrew, again, welcome to WATH. Welcome into the sports fan. Uh, you know, you had a, a nice broadcasting, you know, time over the summer. You had the, the Licking County Settlers broadcast, and they were you know, GLSEL. They didn't they didn't go all the way and, and become champions. They whooped on us, though. They did the Copperheads. They did beat the Copperheads. <laughs> yeah, they uh, the Settlers. Now they'd be the Bison this uh, season, but they made it all the way to Game Three. Got out to an early lead against the Lima Locos. Ended up falling just short. Had a kid that. Smacked a ball late in the game that would have gave him a, the lead, but it ended up being fouled by about a foot. Mm. And yeah, we thought we were gonna see the uh, you guys and the Copperheads in the postseason, but uh, you guys uh, class choked. Yep, <laughs> we did choke. Yeah, just yeah. just a little bit. <laughs> um, but you have some high school basketball experience. You've been you know public address announcer over at Sheridan. Uh, should Athens beat Marietta tomorrow, they'd see Sheridan most likely because. Uh, you know, they are the the uh, the team that it's Sheridan 17 and two against Newlex. Sheridan's the three, Newlex the 14, uh, Athens you know, at six. So you'd see the three and six matchup should both you know favorites uh, seeding wise advance. But what kind of team is Sheridan this year? Sheridan's a they're a grit and grind team. They're I mean they don't have last year they had if anyone went to the convo and watched them they had Ethan Heller who yeah. GGPOY. Yeah, yeah, and it, he could score. Oh, if they needed a basket, they said, "Hey, go get us two points." He got you two points this year. They lost him. They lost their big man down in the paint, Grant Heilman, but they still got majority of their team back. And right now, they're in a little bit of a slump. They, I mean, they've gutted out some games that maybe shouldn't have been that close, but they're they're still they're just balanced all over the court. You have uh, Luke and Hill, Landon Russell, who uh, either of those are the, now their go-to guys. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't put uh, New Lex just paint them out of the picture yet. I would. That's a league game. You got to play them three times. So you say even though that New Lexington is seven and twelve, you, you can't. You know, just like Marietta, you can't judge this team just by their record. Right, and especially it being. Their league rival—that's the main rival historically for Sheridan Newlex. And the last game at Sheridan, it was close through three quarters, and then Sheridan kind of pulled away there in the fourth. So it'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah, yeah I mean, plus it's it, it's completely different in the postseason. I mean, nerves get to guys, and you know, it's always kind of when you're the underdog in the tournament time. It's like just get us to the fourth quarter and let's see what happens, right? Because if you can take a close game into the fourth quarter, then anything can happen. And uh, you know, it, as you mentioned, they've already played each other twice this year. And this, we kind of talked about this last week, Connor. Just sometimes when you play a conference team for the third time in a season, it's tough to figure them out three straight times. So uh, you know, I, I bet you Sheridan. That's not the draw exactly that they wanted. Now, of course, they're still favored and they're very solid team as they have been in recent memory. But you know, I just yeah, it'll be tough. It won't be it won't be a cakewalk for uh, either of the top seeds, Athens and Sheridan. No, it'll always be difficult, especially like you said, this is postseason play. It is time for 
you know, people to step up. It's time for coaches to to coach or get out coached. It's time for players uh, to go out there and and do their best. Or you know, there's no tomorrow. It's win or go home. Uh, so that that's how they have to look at it. The other couple teams that we have in our coverage that we will provide play by play over the station, uh, but we have to wait a little bit because they got high seeds. Uh, Federal Hawking, the four seed uh, in Division Four, uh, but. Fed Hawk, 15-4 this year. TVC uh, Hawking champions over Trimble, who were the favorites. Trimble's favored, I, I think, every year in and year out. Uh, but, but the Lancers got the job done this year. They turned their program around uh, from the senior class that had no wins uh, their freshman year to come out and you know win this season. Uh, it's, it's been tremendous to watch uh, Federal Hawking you know, come out and do what they did uh, all season long. But they will play either Southern who's 7-9 this season, or Waterford at 15-12. and 12. Uh, Both teams, you know, 13th seed or the, or the 20 seed, uh, Southern at, at the higher seed, Waterford lower. Uh, but that game will be played on the 26th. Uh, Brad Walker and I have the play-by-play for you either on 105 or 970. We have to wait and see how the schedule so, works out. But so, so they're getting a conference team either way. It's going to be a TVC Hawking team again yeah. against Fed Hawk, who won the Hawking. Uh, so that's got to, I think it helps them with familiarity. I think uh, they'll, they'll probably have a good shot here at, at you know, winning and advancing into the Convocation Center. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, the Lancers have been the most consistent team in the Hawking so far this year. They haven't really had that slip-up game like we've seen Trimble have a couple shaky losses. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of those two and then kind of a bit of the rest of the Hawking. I mean, there's a big cluster in the middle between Belpre and, you know, Southern, <laughs> South Gallia teams like of that nature. But, you know, the only two that have really stood out are Fedhawk and Trimble, and Fedhawk was able to knock off Trimble both times they played. So, you know, they, they definitely established themselves as the best team in the Hawking this year, and uh, we're hoping they make a they make a deep run, especially over at Hardwood Heroes, because uh, <laughs> the content gets a little thin this time of year when the teams start going down. So, Well, that means you just have to step up and have better content. Go interview somebody. Make a package, right? Yeah. Do a package. Uh, but, Andrew, I don't know. Do you have any familiarity with, with the Hawking? I do not. Those the, uh, those teams, I don't. I didn't watch much play. Well, you at least have to know the name Howie Caldwell, right? I have heard. Listen, Caldwell is one of the... You know, he's a, a legendary coach in these parts. Uh, but Caldwell and his Trimble crew got the three seed. You know, the seeding was cut off before Fedhawk beat Trimble head-to-head uh, later on in the season. So that's why, if you're wondering, yeah, that's Trimble got the higher seed because they won. They beat Fedhawk earlier on. Uh, they did not take into account the second time around. Uh, however, uh, Trimble will have to wait, and they will have either Megs uh, or Notre Dame, two teams with under 500 records, 8-10 and 10 for Eastern Megs. That'd be a real interesting matchup if Megs was able to uh, pull off a victory. Yeah, and Notre Dame, I mean, Megs was... You know, Megs is hot. Megs, Megs is hot right now. Uh, but the Megs Marauders, you know, where we got them right now, 12-9. and nine. Uh, so the way that the bracket came out, Megs was eight and ten. We've got them at twelve and nine. So somebody's not right here. But either way, you know the, the Ohio was was said and done with. Uh, Athens and Alexander. Alexander winning the first TVC Ohio title since 2006. Uh, but it's been all Athens County teams winning the the hawking in the Ohio uh, football and uh, basketball. So as they get on, we'll see if, if Athens County can also win in 
baseball. I, I know Athens is a heavy favorite in, in the TFC Ohio, and then we'll see how the Hawking shakes up in baseball later on. Um, but either way, Megs, yeah, they're hot at the right time. They've been beating teams. They beat Athens. They beat Alexander. Uh, there's no reason why that you know maybe Megs can can go on a little bit of a hot stretch and get an advance uh, past the first game. Uh, they are the higher seed, but when they advance, they'll face the Trimble Tomcats, and that'll be an interesting area matchup to look into. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when it comes down to Megs, if you have Weston Bayer and Coulter Cleveland, and they're both playing well. Uh, <laughs> There's not really much you can do. I mean, both those guys can explode and go off for 30 in the same game. So, you know, Megs, uh, they, they've been hitting their stride at the right time. They uh, they suffered a loss to Marietta last week, but, you know, they were able to bounce back and pick up a win on senior night against Nelsonville York to finish out the season on a winning note. So it's going to be interesting to see what Megs is able to do. I'm not too familiar with uh, Notre Dame. I don't know. What's their record on the year? Uh, what the bracket has Notre Dame as, and, of course, there are games that have been played since then, but... At the time of the seeding and at the time that the brackets came out, Notre Dame was six and twelve. What are the what are the seedings but on those two? Eastern fourteen, Notre Dame nineteen. So Megs fourteen. Okay, Meg's so Megs so Meg's is the okay higher seed. Yeah. So Meg's, yeah, I mean Meg's. it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, as I just said, I mean when they have those two guys clicking, uh, there's really no no there's really no way to stop them. I mean Bayer became the all-time winning scorer in boys and girls. If you you know. He's the all-time leading scorer in the history of the school at Meg last week. Just had a storied career, one of the best players uh, in the area for sure. And when you have the best player on the court, you have a chance to win any game that you play in. Right, and if you have, like you mentioned, those two quality of players and you have confidence now, that's, especially at this point in time, that's a recipe for upsetting major teams. I mean, they're the only team that beat both of the champs this year. Right. They beat Athens and Alexander. And Athens and Alexander sh- uh, traded blows. Uh, so they were the only team to beat you know, the, the Bulldogs and the, and the Spartans. Uh, but we will take a short break on the other side of the break. Bobcat baseball back in action. Uh, basketball has been going on all you know, season long. It's basketball season. Uh, but we got some baseball talk. We'll talk a little bit about basketball and maybe, maybe even venture up into the All-Star game that took place this past weekend as you're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. To roofing, to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Between me, you see, we are the boys. It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov/slash/the-right-seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
Be sure to follow Power 105 and 970 WATH on Instagram for contests, upcoming events, and a whole lot more fun stuff. Search Power 105 underscore 97 WATH on Instagram to get in on the action. See yourself with season tickets to 2020 Bobcat football. 10-5, 6 for the Cats. Ohio's won three straight bowl games, and the six-game home schedule includes Marshall and Buffalo. Season tickets are on sale now with packs for as low as 35 bucks a seat. Can only make it to the Saturday home games? No problem. We've got you covered with the brand new Saturdays at Peden Plan. Call 800-575-2287 or log on to ohiobobcats.com. See yourself with season tickets to 2020 Ohio football. At Athens Cell Phone and Electronics Repair, we repair all brands of cell phones, tablets, and computers, including iPhones and Samsung devices. Whether it's a screen or battery replacement, logic board repairs, or charge ports, Athens Cell Phone and Electronics can fix it all. Why spend a bunch of money on a new device? With over 40 years of electronic experience, we'll repair your device for a fraction of the cost. We're open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Saturdays from 8 a.m. to noon. Stop in and see us at Richland Avenue between Taco John's and McAfee's. Give us a call for a free estimate at 740-590-1677. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Sports Fan 970 WATH, presented by JK Contracting and also sponsored by McFadden Insurance. So we got you all the way. It's finally a full hour show with you, Joey. I've had you in here for a couple of games where the Blue Jackets just pop on at 6.30. But we got you for the full hour. Yeah, they got me working today. Full yeah. hour. You get to earn the paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but since we opened up the show, it's dropped the temperature. It, it's dropped a degree. It's now 48 degrees, and I don't know where they're saying partly sunny. It's now cloudy out there. It's nighttime. It's not sunny out there. Or I guess you could say partly moon. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Bobcats, baseball and softball. Softball's been in action, but baseball just got started this past weekend. Uh, they took on North Alabama. Um, they look like they're the, the Lions or the Tigers. Uh, not sure what the mascot is. I, I just see the picture. But uh, for the North Alabama uh, team, Bobcats were able to defeat them three times out of four. 5-1, uh, 6-4. They lost 6-3 and 6-4 uh, wins uh, for you know, Rob Smith and, and his crew. A uh, good start so far for the Ohio baseball team that are looking to get on track, uh, especially now without uh, Rudy Rote, who is their biggest player and got drafted by the Philadelphia Phillies uh, this past summer. Yeah, it's off to, I mean, definitely a good start. Uh, obviously, they were they came in the better team compared to Northern Alabama. They got some uh, pretty good performances. Uh, Trevor Hafner went 5 for 14 on the weekend. Four RBIs, hitting 357. They got some really good performances on the mound as well. Braxton Kelly, who Connor, we got to see a lot this summer. Went five innings, gave up three hits, only one run, five Ks, and uh, picked up a victory. Jack Libertori, another guy we saw this summer, but... Uh, Libertor. Libertor, right. Uh, pitched somewhere else, also picked up a victory. And, you know, it's it's, it's a good start. Uh, this team, they, they've they had their struggles the past couple of years, obviously trying to get back on track. They've, uh, you know, they got some young guys that are really going to step up this year, such as maybe Zion Avery, Sebastian Fabic guys are growing into... Uh, having to play bigger roles here this season. But they definitely got some big shoes to fill with uh, Rudy Rope being gone. I mean, that guy could just flat-out hit. And uh, But it's a good start to the year, taking three or four. Yeah, I'm not sure how good was it North, Al- yeah, North Alabama is, but like, like you said, you get off to that good of a start beginning of the season, build some confidence. Yeah, build confidence, builds some momentum going into the regular season. 
and just try to hit. I know, uh, was, was there any Ohio baseball players for you, Andrew, on the, uh, on the Settlers? We actually did not have any Ohio players. I was surprised. Yeah, because, I mean, it is the GLSEL, and they did bring, you know, Copperheads have, they had four Ohio players with Sells, uh, Braxton Kelly, uh, Sebastian Fabic, and Zion Avery. Um, but I'm surprised. Licking County's not that far away. Nobody, I guess, wanted to stay close. Other Bobcats were around in the area. Uh, but, a, a, again, a very good start to the regular season for Ohio, uh, taking three of four from North Alabama. On the other side for Ohio women's softball, um, softball team struggling early. Uh, they did face the number one team in the Washington Huskies. They got ten runs, uh, final in six innings, ten to two. Uh, they lost to Furman, ten to two. Uh, the first win, they open up the season back on Friday, uh, February 7th, and they did not pick up a win until the 15th against Indiana State, 10-7. to And then they also have a, another win against uh, Lipscomb, uh, where Katie Young hit a home run in extra innings to uh, send the Bobcats home happy. But still, uh, softball team, after a couple of good years, it looks like they'll have to find you know their next ace, whether it be Matty McCready or not. Uh, but Ohio softball looking to bounce back and try to find their recent success and implement it here in 2020. Yeah, I mean, well, they lost a lot of seniors last year, man, uh, that played big parts, such as uh, Gino, I mean, school leader in RBIs, and she got up there top five in a whole bunch of other categories as well. Lost Natalie Alvarez, who was uh, behind the plate. Lost Alex Day, who was a heck of a third baseman. Uh, just a lot of talent, and, you know, they're, they're trying to kind of in a transitional period. This is uh, Coach Rourke's second year. So, you know, just kind of... Trying to see what happens. They also lost, uh, oh, what was her name? What position? Charlie Pond? Like, Charlie Pond, yeah, transferred yeah. out. You know, that's another thing. That's another starter that they lost. So, you know, just trying to find their way right now. They got four freshmen, or excuse me, five freshmen that, you know, are have played in uh, eight or more games so far this year. So a very young team just trying to find their way. You know, hopefully they can figure it out going into conference play. Uh, that, that's kind of what you're trying to do in non-conference in these sports. You just try to... Because if you win your conference, you get to go to the, the play in the tournament and all. So, you know, you just try to kind of try to figure it out during non-conference play. I mean, they're going through some growing pains right now, but hopefully you expect later on in the year the at-bats that the freshmen are getting right now will mean a lot. So, Right. You, like you mentioned, you, you have that. You lose all that. You have these young freshmen coming in. You're going to lose some games, especially early in the season. That, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't have lost. But if you can figure it out by the time the conference play comes around, you can get yourself in good shape. And I don't want to bash the softball team too much because they did play very quality opponents here. Oh, they for they sure. played the number one team in, in the, the nation country. in softball. Yeah. 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 Uh, so they faced the Huskies. Like these are games, uh, you know, that are they're, they're big games, but they're not you know, mid American conference games. You know, it's not like the Bobcats are getting beat. Again, we're talking about Ohio softball. It's not like softball is getting beat. Right. You know, in, in conference games, they still have their conference season, and if yeah. they, you know, win, then they get to go to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, but, of course. The, the, the tough ones are when you look at the teams that you were beating last year, right? Like Lipscomb, they weren't losing to, Lip, to Lipscomb last year. They weren't losing to Marshall last year, and teams of that caliber. They, in fact, they were probably crushing teams like that. They beat ranked teams last year. Yeah. You know, they beat Indiana, who was ranked twentieth at the time they played them. You know, they were. This was a. I don't want to say a dynasty, but it was a really group, of, a really good group of seniors that left last year. So you know, just. Give the freshmen time to develop, and, you know, we'll have this conversation again, you know, when conference play is going on. But uh, right now they're just going through their growing pains, and uh, hopefully Coach Roar can figure something out. 
Yeah, I mean, you you play. You mentioned they, they played the number one team in the nation. They're playing these quality teams. When you get, you go from that, and then all of a sudden you come into the MAC, and you go, oh wow, this actually isn't as hard as it was in the the early parts of the season. It's something that could really help down the line. It's something, you know, for the baseball players out there or softball players. You know, you put the weight on the bat, you swing the heavier bat, and then you take the weight off, and then the bat feels a little bit lighter. And that's what, you know, kind of teams do with schedules. You know, they load up heavy. You know, I don't know if you go the number one team in the nation, but still, you know, you build up a a hard schedule in the earlier part of the season, non-conference, and when you come back to your conference, uh, you hope that it feels a little bit lighter and hope it feels a little bit softer. On the other side... It's still basketball season. As Ohio men's basketball, we'll be back in action tomorrow uh, with the 7 o'clock tip-off against Central Michigan. Bobcats looking to bounce back after a loss to Kent State, uh, 87-72. Ohio had won uh, back-to-back games in the Mid-American Conference before the loss. uh, Two home games, Miami and Western Michigan. uh, But they won back-to-back games for the first time, I think, since last year or two years ago. Um, But there was a stat thrown out there, I think, Arkley or... or, uh, the, the messenger had it, uh, Wiseman. Uh, but either or, uh, Bob, Bobcats looking to continue to stay uh, positive about their season, looking to stay in the mix, and hopefully if they were in the top eight, they'll get a home game uh, before they go out to Cleveland uh, for a uh, Mid-American Conference tournament. They have some part of the schedule left to go. They're 4-8 and eight in the MAC, uh, but they've, they've got a couple tough teams coming up, and it all starts... Uh, tomorrow with Central Michigan. Yeah, they're definitely hitting a uh, a tough patch of the schedule here. I mean, uh, the thing is, you know, you go back to that Kent State game. Uh, you give up 87 on the road to a conference team. <laughs> You're gonna have to play perfect on the offensive end to win that game. And you know, they just didn't. Uh, they shot eight of 23 for 34 percent from three. Uh, they only shot 58 percent from the free throw line. Turned the ball over 18 times. Uh, you know, this is a young team, and you know, road games is been a big part of when they really show their youth this year they are they haven't really gone on the road to be able to win conference games except eastern michigan i believe that's only their only road conference win this year um i mean preston had another great game another double double 20 points 12 assists i mean this kid is playing out of this world he had to play 40 minutes again but he's just incredible and it's great that they're going to have him for hopefully four years uh but he's he's been playing awesome but yeah everybody else is not really I mean, they only got five points off the bench as well. Uh, ben Roderick, who we talked about, who was playing solid his last couple games, uh, just shot one for five coming off the bench for three points. They got two points from Connor Morrell, and uh, nobody else was able to score off the bench. So it, it, it's a tough, it was a tough game. Uh, Kent State's a really good team, though. They got every shot in the world to win the MAC. Uh, Central Michigan, not quite as talented, just three or just uh, 13 and 11 on the season. So, you know, it should be interesting. Ohio doesn't have to travel all the way there. They get. Central Michigan coming here, so hopefully they can pick up another win and uh, try to make it three or four victories and try to you know get the ball rolling and get hot. They got a big one later in the week against Bowling Green as well, and you know Bowling Green's another team that could possibly win the MAC. So it's it's, it's you're going to see what this team's made of over this next stretch of games for sure. Yeah, you got two teams coming in, like you said, back to back Central Michigan, Bowling Green, and then after that, it's all teams that are around Ohio in the standings. So if they can get one of those wins and then compete with the teams that are around them, you move up a couple spots, make it a little easier on yourself going into the MAC tournament. You know, Jeff Bowles, I followed him when he was in Columbus with Thad Mata. I'm a big Ohio State fan. 
it's illegal to say around here. But <laughs> now listen, we we have the Ohio State. You can say it within these confines. If you step outside and you go onto campus, then I've, uh, then I'll take issue. Just not to but, me. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're from Baltimore. I don't I don't know. Maryland, you got Maryland as your team, and they're a pretty good team. Number I can't, one in the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I guess I have Rutgers from Jersey, but you know the 970 carries Ohio men's basketball right here uh, on WATH. So you can be an Ohio State fan at least within the station. All right, all right, good. Uh, I mean, I followed Jeff Bowles while he was at Ohio State with Thad Mata. Followed him at Stony Brook, and this is my first year down at OU on in Athens, and. When I got the alert that they hired Jeff Bulls, I was ecstatic. I knew this team this year might not be the one that turns the program around, but two or three years from now, this program is going to be top of the MAC. I mean, three of their top five scores this season are either freshmen or sophomores. Yeah, it's a it's a young team, but I think this is a team that you can definitely develop if you're Jeff Bulls. It's a team, you know, you have uh, Ben Vanderplas and Jason Preston leading the way. London McDay's putting in some good time. Uh, th- this is a team that you can definitely build around and hopefully be successful uh, relatively you know, in a short period of time because coaching is a business you know, and coaching is judged on success. And we're not going to judge you know, Jeff Bowles just on one year because you know th- he hasn't really had time. He didn't have time. It was amazing he got Ben Roderick uh, to commit to the Bobcats because of how short of time that you know Bowles had to go out recruit and get kids and get talent. Uh, to to Ohio University, uh, but I think Jeff Bowles has done a tremendous job with what he's had this season. Uh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the the difference between Phillips, Saul Phillips, who former coach, and Jeff Bowles is when Phillips took over, they were a t- team going to the tournament uh, for a couple of years in a row, winning the MAC consistently, and you know, just kind of. I think everybody was just kind of underwhelmed with what they got from Saul. I think they thought that there was going to be a big hire for them, and uh, they just never really lived up to it. And now Bowles is inheriting a team where, I mean, how many guys transferred off this team? Well, you had Carter, Tavion Kirk. Right. Uh, I, I think two transferred. I don't know how many. Uh, Coward. Anthony, uh, did he transfer or did he graduate? He transferred. I think, yeah, Anthony that's, Coward that's three Jr. starters off a of last year's team right there. All guys with experience, too. So, you know. This is a really young squad, and you're just going to have to give them time to grow. But as he just mentioned, um, you know, what did you say? Three top five scorers are sophomores or freshmen? I mean, and they're getting big minutes from the freshmen. Roderick's been playing well despite his last outing. McDay's been a fixture in the starting lineup throughout most of the season. So, yeah, I I would hold the... Definitely hold the brakes on the criticism of Jeff Bowles. I think he's going to do some good things in his time here. I mean, this is his dream job, right? Played here back in the 90s, and uh, you always see him around on campus. He's probably one of the most successful coaches, honestly, out of all the sports. So, Yeah, I think he's in for the long haul. I mean, it, like you mentioned, he played here, and, I mean, he's going to be a good coach. It takes, it takes a minute to find ways to win, when, especially with a young team like this. They have to figure out how to win, and I think they – Kind of started to there when what they won like what five straight, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how many straight you know Bobcats won, but it went from Gross to Phillips. Uh, John Gross, uh, you know, left you know, promptly uh, earlier on, uh, beginning of the 2010 decade, uh, and then Saul Phillips came in and uh, tried to you know, maintain the success. And I don't blame Saul. Um, Totally, because he was hit with the injury bug. A lot of 
you know, recruits that he, he brought in, you know, couldn't find a way to stay healthy and out on the court. Um, so it was, I'm, I don't hold anything against Saul is, is my point because he did a, I think he did best with what he could, but it was definitely time for a change. And for Jeff Bowles, uh, I think he will be here a long time, hopefully. And I, I think uh, he'll, he'll usher in a year of success. But we said in the beginning of the season, and we'll continue to say it, you know, it, it's been a fun team to watch, especially at the Convocation Center. It, it exceeded our expectations, but I don't think, you know, you, you can hold any expectations right now because, you know, this is just year one. See what happens year two, three, and four, uh, and judge and see uh, by year five. But I, I think Jeff Bowles has done a, a great job with the team that he has now. They're around 500, just a game under. Uh, so I think Ohio has a lot of talent that they can build around uh, and still be successful. Yeah, I Everyone picked them to finish at the bottom of the MAC, and if you look at some of these other teams, Ohio is not the worst team. Miami's uh, very bad. Eastern Michigan's not very good this year either. So you know, definitely not the uh, not meeting the low bar, the very low bar that was set for them at the beginning of the season. Would Miami go like 0 for 27? 20. They scored 11 points against us in one half at home. Yeah. It was great for the Battle of the Bricks. I mean, the, the Convocation Center was electric. Everybody was out there. It was Sibs weekend, uh, but a big win for Ohio against Miami. Uh, Ohio um, you know, did. You know, they, they beat the uh, the Red Hawks, and then they lost uh, this past weekend uh, on Saturday to Kent State, 87-72. But, you know, it's not all the men's team that, you know, the men's team didn't have expectations. The team on the court that did have expectations and had 30 wins uh, last season were the Ohio women's basketball team. They're 16 and seven right now, nine and three in the conference. They'll get the second seed as they head up to Cleveland, uh, you know, for the the Mid American Conference tournament in women's basketball. But we'll take a short break. We'll step aside for just a couple minutes. We'll come back. We'll break down women's basketball. And then I know Troy Bolin is very interested in the the tone of 500. That's why he's not here right now. He's he's got to watch the 500 that's going on. Uh, but we'll, we'll break down a little bit about the 500. See what's going on, give you an update, uh, all that and more. As you're listening to the Sportsman on 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Be sure to follow Power 105 and 970 WATH on Instagram for contests, upcoming events, and a whole lot more fun stuff. Search Power 105 underscore 97 WATH on Instagram to get in on the action. See yourself with season tickets to 2020 Bobcat football. 10-5, 6 for the Cats. Ohio's won three straight bowl games in the six-game home schedule 
will include Marshall and Buffalo. Season tickets are on sale now with packs for as low as 35 bucks a seat. Can only make it to the Saturday home games? No problem. We've got you covered with the brand new Saturdays at Peden Plan. Call 800-575-2287 or log on to ohiobobcats.com. See yourself with season tickets to 2020 Ohio football. At Athens Cell Phone and Electronics Repair, we repair all brands of cell phones, tablets, and computers, including iPhones and Samsung devices. Whether it's a screen or battery replacement, logic board repairs, or charge ports, Athens Cell Phone and Electronics can fix it all. Why spend a bunch of money on a new device? With over 40 years of electronic experience, we'll repair your device for a fraction of the cost. We're open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Saturdays from 8 a.m. to noon. Stop in and see us at Richland Avenue between Taco John's and McCaffrey. Give us a call for a free estimate at 740-590-1677. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan 970 WATH. I can't Crackins. believe we had a Macklemore bumper. Yeah, I don't listen. It says sports feds. I don't control what the music is. All I know is that music will play, will fade it down, and bring it back in. Yeah. But ever since the system changed over, we used to have our set, you know, music, you know, rejoins. And then since we changed off from one system to the next, now we have no idea what song's going to play. All we know is that music will play. And yeah. why not? I mean, this is a music station. This is Classic Hits 970 WATH. Would you count Macklemore as a classic hit? No, I would not count Macklemore as a classic. I don't, I don't think he's gotten that old yet to where that song is I don't is think classic. he'll at any point be a classic hit. Well, I, now, I, I know Billy O you know, does the, the music over on Saturdays, and I'm not sure when he's on air uh, other times. So I always see him on, on Sunday uh, when I'm doing the uh, 6 to 12 shift here on ATH. Um, but i, I got to ask him what constitutes a, a classic hit. I don't know when you know, that time changes from, you know, Modern to classic, but I mean we could talk about that later. Anyway, Ohio women's basketball having successful year, sixteen and seven, uh, in the driver's seat right now, second seed. Uh, they're they're looking pretty good. Uh, Toledo coming up next on Wednesday, seven o'clock tip off, and that is home. So we got the men's on Tuesday, and then women's on Wednesday, and then both are away this Saturday. Um, I think men's are away Saturday. Uh, the next game for men, home on Tuesday, away Saturday, yeah, uh, against Bowling Green, which which wouldn't be good. But uh, Toledo uh, for the women's team, Ohio women's basketball coming off a 84-70 win over Miami. It was a big blowout win. It was as much as 30 points that the women's team was up. And then in garbage time, uh, the Red Hawks came back a little bit, uh, 84-70. Uh, but so far, so good for Bob Bolden and his Ohio women's basketball team. They've... Uh, I don't think they've lived up to expectations, but I think they're definitely there. Uh, they were picked to win the Mid-American Conference, uh, or win the East, uh, but right now Central Michigan uh, does have that number one spot. Uh, so it is what it is. You know, Ohio's doing as good of a job as they can. Central Michigan's perfect, 11-0. Uh, last time we checked, there might be 12-0 in the Mid-American Conference. Uh, Ohio just with three losses, 9-3. So you can't really fault them for that. Yeah, I mean... Central Michigan's just kind of been the hump for this team the last couple of years. It's just kind of like the beast that they can't really uh, overcome. But, I mean, I wouldn't say they underperformed this year. Uh, they're still second in the MAC, as you mentioned. They played a much tougher non-conference schedule. Went to Syracuse, lost that game. They lost to a good Butler team, lost to a good TCU team, lost to a good Texas team. I mean, 
I think they wanted to, you know, boost up the teams they played this year since they won 30 games last year and still didn't get to make the tournament because they didn't win the MAC championship. And, uh, you know, usually when it comes down to adding more tougher opponents to the schedule, you're going to lose more games. But, you know, they've won the games that they should. I mean, they've lost lost a tough one to Central Michigan in overtime, lost uh, at Western Michigan by a point. And they lost by two to Central Michigan one other time this year. So it's going to be really interesting if they get to play Central Michigan another time in the MAC tournament. But, uh, you know, they got four starters and double figures. Uh, this Ohio team is, uh, I'd say, living up the expectations. And hopefully they can get over this that hump this year and, you know, get into the tournament and, uh, you know, give us something to root for down here in Athens. Right. And you mentioned all those close losses. All their MAC losses been by a combined five points i mean it if you meet up with central michigan again in the championship game maybe losing twice kind of helps you there hard to beat a good team three times and the second time around ohio didn't even have amani burke amani burke had to take a a leave of absence and took him to overtime yeah Uh, so i mean this is a quality team he talked about all those tough losses and non-conference play they beat ohio state who has beaten quality teams and then turned around and lost to some bad teams, but I'd still say that's a quality win for Ohio. I, mean, this, the, I think the record doesn't really show the team when it goes to overall. Right. I mean, this is the first year, you know, the second time in program history that, you know, the Bobcats have beaten two Power 5 teams. They beat Ohio State and, well, it'll be talked about for a long time, 74-68 uh, over you know, in Columbus. Uh, but they beat the Buckeyes 74-68, and then the other Power 5 win uh, came against Pittsburgh 72-50. And they uh, destroyed them. Yeah. And so this team is as good as any team out there. Uh, they just, as long as they hit their shots, they play their defense. Bob Bolden has a, a great game plan going in, prepares his, his kids well. Um, you know, they, this is a good Ohio women's basketball team. This is a program that could go uh, far I think they were in the Sweet 16 in the NI or WNIT uh, just last season. So they, they can play with any other team, and I expect them to be in the NCAA tournament one way or the other. If they win the MAC or if they lose to Central Michigan a third time, they got to get there first. But uh, if they beat Central Michigan, uh, I think they're going to be at Central Michigan 1, Ohio 2. I think both teams are good enough to go all the way. Um, but still, you know, the other event you know, that went on on the weekend, uh, keeping it with basketball. The whole all-star festivities uh, this weekend. Yeah, the dunk contest where I forget his name, but he got robbed. I don't know who he got Aaron robbed. Aaron Gordon. Yeah, Eric Gordon got a robbed. A second time. Yes. He yeah. jumped over a seven-foot-two man. Well, uh, seven-five, actually. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, tallest player in the NBA. And people were talking about he ducked it. They were like, well, Taco had to duck his head a little bit. I mean, the guy's seven-foot-five. Right, if he ducked his <laughs> head a little bit, what does it matter? <laughs> right. Oh, uh, it was only seven foot four. He, he uh, a yeah, 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 right. You know. That's not impressive. Yeah, your average no. Joe can go out there and do that. Don't get me wrong, Jones had a great showing too. But I just, I, I, I feel like he did a lot of the same dunks just over and over again. Right, Whereas Aaron Gordon changed it up, man, and he jumped over. T- <laughs> I don't know. Uh, did you see his comments after where he said uh, he's done? Oh yeah. Well, I wouldn't if I got snubbed twice. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I, I, I don't blame him. You know, if, if he goes out there and performs like he did, he should have gotten the, I think he should have gotten the award. You know, I just saw the highlights. But what I did see also, uh, Jason Preston tweeted out a video, and it looked like the same dunk that Gordon did. <laughs> and Preston was able to hit it. 
so it, it well, just Preston's shows how talented. A, yeah. Preston's a freak. Preston's is great at basketball. Yeah, <laughs> uh, much much better this year than what he was last year. He put the time in over the summer, uh, but still. So that that was the All Star uh, dunk contest. Uh, saw Stephen A. Smith got teed up during the celebrity uh, All Star game, as only Stephen A. Smith could. Yeah, that was brutal, man. I don't they go back to putting like put just put some NFL players in there. <laughs> like when T.O. was yeah. dunking in the celebrity game, that was kind of interesting. Now they just put a bunch of TikTokers and <laughs> yeah, social yeah. media influencers. In the, I don't know half the people in the celebrity game. Right, yeah. did, and they're did, not athletic either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you see the uh, comment by Russell Westbrook? Westbrook basically, I guess the three TikTokers, whoever were out there, uh, asked him to be in, in their film, mm-hmm. in, in the little short skit that they were right. going to do. And Westbrook, I, I guess, cursed him out. He said, I don't want anything to do with it. I just came here to play basketball. Right. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought that was great, uh, just to go along with that. But then uh, All-Star game yesterday changed the format a little bit. So we're in the, it's an untimed fourth quarter. And the first team uh, who led for through three quarters, that team, uh, which was the Antetokounmpo team. Is yep, that the team Giannis? Giannis. Yeah, yeah yep, Team Giannis. Quarters. So Team Giannis had to score 24 points in the fourth quarter to win. Uh, team LeBron was down. I don't know how many points, but LeBron came back and his team and won 58-56. Was that right? Or 40? They won by one. Whatever. They, yeah, they, right. They, get they ended two. on a free throw. Yeah. Yeah. AD tried to blow it. He when he missed the first one, I was like, oh man. I thought it was karma because LeBron was saying it's over, and then he missed the first free throw. I was like, he's gonna brick this one too. But no. AD settled down, made the foul shot. So, but yeah, I love the format. Honestly, I thought uh, it, it it just brought something different that made you want to watch it. And I don't know if you, I mean, I don't know if you guys watch, but <laughs> those guys were playing hard, especially in that fourth quarter. I mean, they were guys taking charges, uh, going up to block shots. Uh, a couple, there were a couple hard fouls too that you would like never imagine seeing in an All Star game, and it, yeah. you know it kind of had that retro feel to it. When back in the day, they they really they really went all out to try to win and uh team lebron came out on top and i was a fan i i, I don't know if you guys saw but teddy bruski like tweeted at the nfl and said call the nba to fix your pro bowl <laughs> yeah the pro bowl is i mean it's not even watchable anymore no but i i like the uh the format they had there the elam ending i had watched the uh the tbt tournament where that originated from the past couple years i, I like the format i liked it for the all-star game but i see all these tweets of people saying they they need to make that like the new ending for the NBA college high school make yeah, it the new ending. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, people want to sit there and argue and say, well, the final minutes of a, like good basketball games takes too long. Well, if it's a good basketball game, I don't want it to end right away. Right. If it extends five minutes because each coach has three timeouts and it's a one point game and each team's fouling, okay, it's a good basketball game. I'm still. I want to see a crazy ending, and while that can happen with the Elam ending, I'm still not a fan of a meaningful game coming down to that. I wouldn't like a free throw being able to clinch the game right then and there, right? As it did in the All Star game last night, right? I mean, I listen. If it's good, if you're enjoying the game, now there's a reason why there's a clock for the first three quarters. You know, you play until the clock ends, uh, but if it. You don't need to reinvent the wheel here, and I I think you know taking it from basketball to baseball, uh, Manfred's trying to you know change the game. Uh, Manfred again, uh, commissioner of the MLB, uh, he's getting a lot of heat recently because of his decisions 
uh, with the Houston Astros and with the Astros giving the players immunity to talk about what they did in 17 and 18. Uh, but I, I think Manfred, you know, and, and new rules coming into effect this year. We'll have to see what those rules are. Uh, I, I know what the rules are. It's um, roster expands from 25 to 26. You can only have 13 pitchers on the roster, uh, as well as the 40-man roster in September no longer exists. I think you can add two more players. You can go from 26 to 28. Um, but still, uh, you, you need those those changes I agree with. But then what he's changing about the game to try to increase pace of play is having a pitcher uh, have to face three batters when they're in the ball game. It's either three batters or till the end of the inning. Let's say there's two outs. Uh, the guy faced four batters. You take him out after four. You place a new guy in, and then he gets the final outs. Uh, then he can come out of the game. You can put somebody new in there at the end. But still, I, I want to see how this is going to play out because baseball hasn't been changed for 100 years. You know, maybe the mound might have been changed or the, the ball a little bit. But the basic rules of baseball hasn't really changed, and I don't see why we have to change them after 100 years. Yeah, uh, that's it's just that one changes so much because there's just so much strategy that goes in. I mean, let's think about it. Some guys are kept in a bullpen strictly because they're a left-handed pitcher that they can face a lefty. What do you do with those guys now? Because they're going to have to face righties. If are more than likely, they're going to have to face a righty at some point. If you're going to have to face three batters, so I mean that having a lefty specialist, I mean that's kind of eliminated in a way. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's 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 a big change. It's just I, I feel like you're not going to bring any new fans into baseball with any of these rules, and I think that's what the ultimate goal is here. But I feel like baseball already has its fans to where you're not going to add a new fan based on the game speeding up. You're either a fan of the game of baseball or you aren't. And, uh, yeah, I'm not, I just don't think a rule change like this is going to meet the goal that they're intending on having by keeping people more involved in the game, by speeding up the pace of play. I don't think that's just, I just don't think that's what's going to end up happening from this. Yeah, and it, if you want to add fan or a bigger fan base to baseball, it's, it, like you said, not going to be pace of play. It's going to be getting people in the stadium. You're going to have to rearrange how the stadiums are set up. You're going to have to make it more friendly for the quote-unquote millennials to be, like, they're not going to just want to sit in a seat. You're going to have to have more standing room only, but also more stuff to entertain them outside of the game. Right, and I think, you know, you have to talk about what Trevor Bauer said over the weekend. And with Bauer, uh, he was you know, ripping Manford, uh, and baseball players came out and supported Bauer. Uh, but he was basically saying, you know, you, you don't want to really change the game. And he also came out against the Astros. But you know, a lot of the complaints have been, well, if you want to make an impact, you know, go to where uh, the, the players are. Go to, you know, make the weekends free for kids. Uh, make it family friendly. Build up the interest as a young kid. And then they'll want to come back as they get older. That's how baseball was in the beginning. And that's how they should still try to focus their marketing. Get the kids in the stadium. Let them, you know, enjoy baseball, watch the game, and then they get to go home, uh, you know, and, and want to come back to the stadium. But I, I think if they focus on the youth, uh, you know, it'll be a little bit better because you know, that's how you build up your fan base. Right. It, it's just none of the. I just don't feel any of these things are going to meet their intended purpose of trying to keep fans around or bring in new fans. Well, what is a kid that's never cared about baseball going to care that now a guy has to face three batters? They're not. 
that's not going to make him come watch baseball. And now you're making these weird rules as baseball is only, I mean, it kind of eliminates, you know, an aspect of being a manager, right? You have to make those moves. Do I put the lefty in or do I leave my guy in or do I leave the lefty in longer? Well, now you're going to have to. I, it's just you're, you're eliminating a, a major aspect of the game. and it, it's I, I don't agree with it, but it seems like that's where they're going with it. So, Right, and as we near the end of our, our program, coming up until 7 o'clock, again, presented by J&K Contracting and sponsored by McFadden Insurance. Uh, Trevor Bowen's watching the 2020 Daytona 500. And as he was explaining it to me, because, I, again, he mentioned on the show, he, he called me out, he said, listen, you're not a fan. You don't know anything about you know, racing or NASCAR. And I said, this, I don't have any strong feeling. I never watched it. I, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, but, you know, he had it on in the car as we were going out to a couple games. We were going out to the Trimble game last Saturday. Uh, and it was really interesting watching or listening on the radio because you have different broadcasters. You have four people broadcasting at four different vantage points. Uh, at least that's how they do it on the radio station. Uh, but Daytona was pushed back from yesterday to today. Uh, it's going on right now. They're currently at lap 184 with Newman in the lead uh, right now. Earlier on, we saw Bush... Uh, was in the lead, but apparently he did not finish. I guess he had a car wreck or something happened. Uh, but Bush was at the top, and now he's now near, uh, down near the bottom uh, with Boyer leading right now at lap 185. Um, again, Daytona 500 going on right now. It's a big NASCAR event. It's weird because the big event is in the beginning of the year instead of the end of the year, uh, like the Super Bowl or the NCAA uh, championship game. Uh, but still... People enjoy it. People watch it. I'll have to see if what else Troy will have on the, the car rides. Listen in. Uh, maybe I'll get hooked on uh, NASCAR. I'm sure he's got some kind of bet on it, whatever it's going on. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I can't confirm nor deny that. Uh, <laughs> all I know is that Troy, you know, he made out pretty well one, one day. He, he went for like 11 of 1. If it was a betting show, uh, Troy would have made a lot of money uh, you know, just talking about it. He teases everything. He does, but... He still he went eleven and one. You can't get any better than that. Um, no, true. The one I think was an upset. But again, you. This has been the sports fan on 970, 97.1. for Joe Medor and Andrew Allison. This is Connor Mills signing off. Athens Marietta coming up tomorrow eight o'clock. In our seventieth year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM nine seventy and ninety seven point one FM. W-A-T-H. Thanks.